city that could not be hit. John saw this city. Oh, yes, he did. John called a glimpse of a golden throne. Tell me all about it. Go right on around the throne. He saw a crystal sea. There's got to be more. What will it be? I want to go to that city he saw, New Jerusalem. Jerusalem, I want to walk your streets that are golden. And I want to run where the angels have tried. But he did not see not the Lamb of God. Well, it must be the light. He saw the saints worship the great I am, crying, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. I want to go to that city he saw, New Jerusalem. It's good to see you in worship today. 
I purposely haven't come around to mingle with everybody today. I'm just trying to focus on what God would have me to say and how to lead the service. But I do want you to know you're welcome. Some of you we haven't seen in quite a bit of time. And it's so good to see you. It's good to be in the house of worship. And if you're glad to be here today, will you give a hearty thank you, Jesus? All right. So uh, it is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Before we begin our worship, we want to mention some announcements and prayer requests. Phyllis Davis needs our prayers, and also Christine Graybill, along with many others whose names appear on our prayer list from day to day. We pray for the family of Janie Shoup. We will be having her funeral service here at 1 o'clock today. We pray for the family of Andy West, and his service will be tomorrow in Lynchburg, Virginia, and that's Steve's best friend. So please remember several of us as we will be traveling this weekend to officiate uh, his service. And also our dear friend Susie Rosier, cake baker Susie, her funeral service will be Monday at 1 o'clock at St. Dominic's Church, and her visitation will begin at 12 noon. And I hope that some of you can go and share your respect or sign the book and at least let the folks know that we appreciate all that she did in our midst while she was in this earthly journey. We want to pray today for, um, we received a call a moment ago for Dawn Pittman, to be added to our prayer list. Also for the family of Sabrina Monk, who passed away. We want to remember today the United Methodist churches, wherever they may be, and all of the body of Christ throughout the world. And we pray for Sudan. I don't know how many of you watched the news this week. Did you see that article of the people in the Sudan? And my heart was broken as I looked at that and saw the multitudes of millions of people who are starving. Um, the land that was a desert has now become uh, just an ocean of water and the cattle are drowning, the people are starving, and uh, we just need to pray. It is a great tragedy and a great crisis of humanity. So remember Sudan, remember Nigeria, and our Shades of Grace International, and our world. We are glad to have Officer Leonard with us today. So God bless you, sir, for being with us. And just for your own uh, satisfaction and peace of mind, we always have an officer with us on Saturday worship. I do want to take time to welcome all the people who are joining us on Sunday afternoon on Facebook Live and YouTube from many, many places. And Jimmy has been following the statistics and we've been running in several thousands of viewers each week who participate in our online virtual ministry from many places, not only in this country, but in the world. And that's something to give the Lord thanks for. Can you do that? I wanted to mention that Pastor Michelle is not with us today. She's going through some physical issues concerning some arthritis and some other things that are going on, and she is preparing to move. She will be relocating to North Carolina uh, in just a few short weeks after having been with us for eight years here at Shades of Grace, and we will be hosting a reception for her in just a couple of weeks, and you will know about it either through uh, our announcement here or on Facebook or on the phone tree. And if you do not receive the phone tree, then I invite you before you leave today to give us your phone number and your name and you can be added to that. And we usually do that seven days a week unless I forget, which occasionally does happen on busy days. And so we pray for Pastor Michelle. And then we, Uzoma is not with us today, but her daughter, Stephanie, is getting ready to graduate from ETSU and she will become a physician. And so we congratulate her and thank you for remembering that family in your prayers. And also we have a Bible study that will begin here in just a couple of weeks. Pastor Regina 
Back in the back, we'll be teaching that class and facilitating that, and it will begin with James in the New Testament, the letter of James. And everybody will be invited. That will be on Wednesdays right here in the building from 1 until 2 p.m. So you'll be hearing a little bit more about that. By the lifting of your hand, do you want to remember something special today? God already knows all about it. We don't have to remind God of anything. We have to remind ourselves sometimes that God already knows and that God loves us. But we do lift up each one in the name of Jesus Christ. Will you join me for prayer today? Gracious and loving God, we thank you and we worship you and we praise you for your goodness and for your faithfulness to us. And we thank you that during this season of Easter, we do not forget that you are the resurrection and the life. And you never leave us nor forsake us. So be with each of these requests. Be with each one who has special needs and all of those who will be joining us on Sunday afternoons virtually and in the days to come. Hear our prayer, Almighty God, now and forever we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. And we turn the service over now to Landon. And if you ever want to sing in a worship service or participate in music, all you have to do is talk to him, and he will help you to sound as good as you can. <laughs> or, or as good as he can, can make it sound, okay? Now, see, we've accomplished one of our goals today. What is it? We've laughed a little bit. We need to laugh. We live in a world where sometimes laughter is hard to find, okay? So God bless you as we worship now our Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord, church. Just want to do a little song here. I was talking to this lady over here. She's been a blessing to me many years, being here in Kingsport. And uh, she said something about she wasn't much more than five foot tall this morning. And it reminded me. It reminded me of a song I did the first time I ever come to this church. I want to sing that song for you. It's called When Mama Pray. I ain't got my guitar right now. But we're going to do our best. <clears throat> Betrayed for 30 pieces. No. Daddy never went to church on Sunday. He said, that's one thing I'll never be. Mama never gave up, she said, one day. He'll be sitting here beside you and me. I can still remember Mama praying. Her hands were folded on her lap. That Easter Sunday, Daddy walked in. That's when I began to understand. When Mama prayed, good things happen. When Mama prayed, life changed. Not much more than five foot tall, the mountains big and small. All would crumble down when Mama prayed. Seventeen and wild, I hit the bottle. Doing anything I darn well please. Going down life's highway at full throttle. While Mama burned the candle on her knees. Then one night the fight came home half sober. And I saw Mama praying in the dim. As I listened, she and Jesus talked it over. And I knew my restless days were about to end. 
When mama pray, good things happen. When mama pray, life will change. Not much more than five foot tall. The mountains, big and small, all would crumble down when mama prayed. Not much more than five foot tall, the mountains, big and small, all would crumble down when mama prayed. Praise the Lord. Just a few hours after the sunrise on the resurrection day, walked and talked along their way. When all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, came one that seemed to be so wise, unbeknownst to either, they were walking with the Christ on the road to Emmaus. Son, I wandered in darkness. I traded my life for a worldly good time. No peace in my heart I ever could find. And I got so tired of eating after the swine. So I believe I'll go home and eat with the Father. The table is spread, they're waiting for me. I can see the Father coming out to greet me. Lord, I'm willing to be just a servant for Thee. Son, I wandered from Jesus, but the good shepherd saw through the heat and the cold, left the ninety and nine, he lived in the fold, 
was hungry and cold. So I believe I'll go home and eat with the Father. The table is spread. They're waiting for me. I can see the Father coming out to greet me. Lord, I'm willing to be just a servant for today right nothing lifts our hearts like music and thank you for singing thank each of you for participating and now you see how easy it is you're all welcome to do that okay just gotta say I want to do it and uh, we sometimes just offer it up to the Lord and God will do great things with it miss D how are you today miss D's working wearing two and three different hats today so do you appreciate the I know we have a number of folks who count on the American Sign Language in a virtual congregation, people who are in faraway places, view our services because we do offer this ASL. And that's so very important, and it's things that we often take for granted, don't we? <coughs> okay. Okay, it's good to see all of you again. Thank you for, for sharing in worship. How many of you know we're still celebrating Easter, right? Easter isn't just one day, but Easter is a season. And did you know in early Christianity, over 2,000 years ago, the people who worshiped Jesus looked at every Lord's Day as a little Easter, now, I know we worship on Saturday for reasons already uh, known to you. After we came out of the pandemic, we changed our way of doing things. But I still follow the, the seasons as if it were on a Sunday because that's how most of the world follows that. But I just want you to know that one day doesn't make any difference with God when it comes to the time that we worship because God is forever in the present tense. We can never say that God was. We can say that God is and that God will be. But God forever is with us. And the Bible says with God, one year can be like a, uh, a thousand years can be like one day. And one day as a thousand years. So we're in the season of Easter and I hope we never forget that that we are resurrection people. Now I'm going to read some scriptures with you uh, from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. And we've heard a little bit in the music already about this, the road to Emmaus. And on that same day, this was the first Easter day, the first resurrection day, two of the disciples were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you talking about as you walk along the way? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only person visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, 
It's now the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they couldn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who told them he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, and they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish are you, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures about himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further down the road. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And it was there that their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told them what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So this is the story of the road to Emmaus as Easter continues to unfold before us and as we continue to celebrate the one who said, I am resurrection and life. So the walk to Emmaus in this gospel today offers the disciples a parallel opportunity to rediscover Jesus' presence in their own lives. Now, you notice that one of those disciples was named Cleopas. The other disciple is unnamed. And as I thought about that a few years ago, it dawned on me that other disciple is unnamed because it could be me. It could be you. It could be all of us because God reveals God's self to all of us wherever we are. And so... He offered these people a fresh understanding of God's transforming grace and helped them to form friendships that would strengthen and support their spiritual growth along the way. So now, as a disciple of Jesus, that's me and that's you, you know, we don't have titles in the kingdom of God. We're simply servants. Now, man... Humanity might put titles upon people, but with God, uh, the ones who are great are those who choose to be servants and for those who are called to serve. There is no greater calling. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come into the world to be served, but he came to serve. And if we're going to follow Jesus as our model and our mentor, then we too must serve others, the last, least, lost, and lonely of our world. So as one of those disciples, I don't know about you, but I need often to rediscover Jesus' presence in my daily walk. How about you? We can get so busy, we can be swept up into all the things that go on in the world and get caught up into all the drama that seems to surround us. Even when we're not looking for drama, it kind of creeps into our presence, right, in our world today. And so we can lose sight of the Lord if we're not really, really 
careful and attentive. So I am learning how to rediscover this treasure of Christ fellowship every day. It's like Jesus gave a parable one time about a pearl of great price. Remember that? And for me, rediscovery of God's presence daily in my life is like discovering this pearl that had somehow gotten lost from my sight. Remember the story of the prodigal son? We heard about that in the song a few moments ago when the young man said, I think I'll get up and go to my father's house. They're waiting for me. There's a table spread. God is waiting for us. But the story about the prodigal son, the young man had even lost his very identity in a far country feeding the swine. And he was even down in all that mud and gook looking for a morsel of food, maybe a, a grain of corn or something that had been stomped underfoot by the pigs. He found it necessary to be reminded that he was still a beloved child of God and that he had a broken-hearted father who anticipated his return every day. You see, um, you and I are that beloved child of God. God loves us. No matter how far you've gone, it doesn't matter where you've been. Jesus loves you. He came to seek and to save that which is lost, and he came to draw near to you and to me in our times of confusion and turmoil, in our times of uncertainty. In the scripture today, these disciples urgently needed to know that Jesus is alive because they had lost hope. The one that they'd placed all their hope in to be the Redeemer of Israel, sitting upon the throne of David, as their ancestors had done, had been placed in a tomb, and the tomb had been sealed, and all hope seemingly was lost. They needed hope. The Bible says hope deferred, or hope lost, or hope put away, or put off, maketh the heart sick. And you may be hearing these words today and somehow your heart's sick. You're heavy laden. You're burdened because of all the things that are going on in the world that you do not and cannot understand. And Jesus, as he drew near to them, they didn't recognize him. Their eyes were withholding from him, the Bible says, but he spoke. And he, he said, are you all, uh, you know, what's, what's going on? And they said, are you the only person here who doesn't know about the tragedies of these last few days? You see, they didn't recognize that they were talking to the king of kings. Isn't it really interesting that as he drew near to walk with them, and they had heard that voice so many, many times in life, that voice that had brought them so much comfort, and yet they didn't recognize. The one who had called their name and said, follow me, when they were mending their fishing nets and sitting by the Sea of Galilee, or those who were sitting at the tax collector's booth. The one who had healed their sick friends and raised them up and even healed them as well. The one who had stopped a funeral procession one day in a little village called Nain and raised a widow's only son up to life again. The very one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who just a few nights before had washed their feet, had broken, blessed the bread, and spoke words of forgiveness the one that had spoken to a storm on a sea and said, Peace, be still, and the sea was calm. And the list could go on and on and on in what we read in the scriptures and what you can understand as a disciple of Jesus Christ, how he has done the same for you. Can you say amen? What he's done for others, 
He will do for each one of us. How often do we call out to the Lord in desperation only to discover that he's already been there all the time? Matter of fact, right now, Landon, I think it's a good time for me to sing the first verse and chorus of a little song that Landon and I learned together this week. He was there all the time. Time after time I went searching for peace in some void. I was trying to blame all my ills on this world I was in. Surface relations Use me till I was done in. And all the while someone was begging to free me from sin. Sing it now. wonder today, how can I tell that Jesus was there all the time? Well, did he not promise the disciples never to leave nor forsake us? He assured them that even before his crucifixion that he is the resurrection and life. And if God is for you, the scripture says, who in the world can be against you. You may be listening to these words today and you think the whole world has turned their back upon me. I'm in such a mess I could never extricate myself from it. We get in those places in life, don't we? And we see it happen every day. But I want you to know today, if you're hearing these words, it's not too late. There is hope and God can turn it around. I know that because he's turned things around for me. You're hearing these words right now, your very ears. So this message isn't for somebody else. Well, it is for all who will receive it, but it's your message today. As Dr. Smitty might say, are we listening with our Jesus ears, right? Can you hear him speak your name? How up-to-date is your relationship with Jesus? Do you somehow feel that the connection has been broken with the Lord? You know, those disciples on that first Easter walking toward Emmaus, they felt everything was worthless. All their hopes had been crushed, and there was no way to solve life. Everything that they had hoped for and aspired was gone. Today, Jesus loves you. This Emmaus Road encounter helped Cleopas and that other unnamed disciple, which, as I said, could be me or you and all of us, gain a fresh understanding of what transforming grace can do in a person's journey of faith. Do you know what the word grace really means? Have you thought about it? We have that name on our windows, on our cards, on everything we do. Shades of grace. Many varying shades of grace. But what does grace mean? Well, I looked it up and I Googled it. In Christian theology, grace is defined as the spontaneous, unmerited gift of divine favor in the salvation of sinners. 
and the divine influence operating in individuals for their regeneration and sanctification. How many times have you heard that little still small voice of comfort that only comes from the Good Shepherd? You know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. He knows their name and they know his voice and they will not follow a stranger. I believe every one of us, if we'll be honest and transparent with ourselves, can say that we have had at least those fleeting moments of unspeakable joy and deep settled peace that can only come from God's voice calling our name and speaking to us. Amen. It may not be that you're living in that and that it's a daily occurrence and maybe you feel like the prodigal son and these disciples today that it's all way behind you. But let me tell you, Jesus said to a man one day, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And he said to others, the kingdom of God is within you. So what's holding you back? Why do you wait? Why do you worry? Why do you fret? Jesus Christ loves you today. How many hearing this service today, whether it's in-house on Saturday morning or in virtual congregation on Sunday afternoon, YouTube or Facebook or any time beyond that, that somehow longs for that experience one more time? How many would just love to hear God talk to you one more time? Maybe you feel like somehow you fell down into a deep pit and you can't find the way out. We all find ourselves there, amen? I've been in that deep, dark pit when it seemed like the world around me had just caved in and fallen in on top of me. I'm not without the same struggles as you. And we all, if we'll be honest, have been there. But guess what? We're still here. It didn't kill us, did it? And what doesn't kill you will make you stronger and help you to be an advocate for and a guide to those who are yet struggling in the pit of despair. How many of you have ever heard of King David in the Bible? He was the beloved king of Israel. As a young boy, he learned to hear that voice of the Lord while tending sheep in the desert. And how many of you know that the Psalms of the Bible is actually the hymn book that the children of Israel sang from? You know, everybody turn in the red back to number 23. Remember that? <laughs> or turn in the United Methodist hymnal to number 77, How Great Thou Art. You know, but this was their hymn book. And David said, The Lord brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. You know that old song, He set my feet upon a rock to stay. Well, we'll sing it. He'll know it the next time, I promise you. I have to pull something every week that he doesn't know. We've got to keep him on the job. We've got to keep him, keep him on the edge here to make sure you're going to learn it, right? <laughs> I said, are you going to learn it? He said, I don't think so. I think he thought I said, do you know it? How many of you say, Lannan, I think you will learn it? <laughs> and I'm sure it won't take him long now. Do you appreciate Landon and all the musicians? Is that it? Try it. Well, just play it. That's it. That's it. A song of praise, hallelujah. Okay, that's it. Clap your hands with it. If we can't sing, we can clap one more time. We got Jimmy clapping in the sound room. everybody in here smiling and the ones who were sleeping actually woke up. Amen. 
Thank you, Landon, for being a, a good sport with us. But that is the song. He brought me out of the merry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. And everybody say, wee. Okay. Did you have fun on that one? At least you're smiling. Come on, keep smiling. We got Ralph smiling back there now, okay? This indicates that God did not just see what David was going through, and he didn't just listen as David cried out to him, but God did something about it. To me, that is grace. David, through much failure, much sin, much, much many faults in life, as a human being, the Bible says, God called him the apple of my eye. God loved him. God loves you. You may be listening to the lies of Satan who says you're the worst person in this room or you're the worst sinner among us. But Jesus says you are a beloved child of God. Rediscover that walk with him as the disciples did on that day when they felt that all hope was gone. You might be feeling condemned and rejected. Family may have turned their back upon you. Bridges may have been burnt. Maybe somebody has washed their hands of you. And maybe you've washed your hands of somebody. It goes both ways. And here's a good word for all of us. Maybe we're just simply worn out with the stuff. And some have even gotten to the point of throwing in the towel and giving up and walking away from the church. Oh, I love that song they were singing earlier today, um, practicing on that and rehearsing it, when God came running. Amen. God came running to us and toward us. Christianity and anything that reminds us of it is God's grace walking into our life and saying, not yet, not now. Jesus says, I've seen your frustration. I've watched your tears fall in the midnight hour. And I love you so much that I died for your pain. And grace reminds us that God has not forgotten. This week I needed to make a visit to a place that I hadn't been before. Well, actually, I had been there, but it had been a while, and I kind of forgot the exact address. And I couldn't recall all the details as I went to pray for this dear lady. So I picked up a pen, and I did what probably all of us has done at times, and I wrote the address on the palm of my hand. Anybody ever done that? Oh, you should have seen me yesterday afternoon. I finished a graveside service at Mountain Home um, National Cemetery and I had to go meet someone in Piney Flats and my GPS froze up. And I was looking and it turns out I was within a half a mile as the crow flies at that place for one hour. But I found it after several phone calls. But even when I wrote the number on the palm of my hand, I pulled up and I didn't have dyslexia but I looked at a number in reverse. You ever done that? And I was standing there knocking on this door of a duplex, just standing there, knock, 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 knocking, realizing I'd been watching the news about all these people being shot, being at the wrong place, you know. And I thought, Lord, if you ever protected me, do it now. And she didn't come to the door, so I dialed my phone and I said, hey, I'm standing at your door. She said, no, you're not. I'm looking at my door. And then she looked out and she said, oh, you're, you're, the, you're the door beside me. And there she stood. It was that easy. But I said all of that to say this. Isaiah 49 and 16, God says, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. He's saying, I won't forget you. I'm committed to you. And God doesn't. Uh, make a mistake. He doesn't say, uh oh, I just blessed that person and I meant to bless that one. Oops. 
how in the world can God revoke his blessing? <laughs> but the good thing is God wants to bless every one of us. Amen. And he has our name engraved upon his hand and the sheep know his voice and we follow him and we know what his call is for us and that he wants good things for us. God wants only the best for you. I promise you that. God wants to help you. That's grace. This Emmaus Road experience that I'm talking about today gives each one of us opportunities to renew friendships and help us to grow and mature in faith. In this particular story that we read, it meant a renewed relationship with Jesus even though they had only been separated from him about three days. They'd been right there with him at the Last Supper and all of a sudden, how many of you know that three days can seem like an eternity? Amen. We've all been there and done that. And it seems like such a long, long time. But he was there always with us. And he wants to give us that hope again. In that first Easter story, the friends of Jesus had scattered. And for good reason. They had been numbered with the transgressors. He was named a criminal. He hung with those who deserved the death penalty. But he was without sin, became a sin for us. Amen. And he didn't begrudge it. He did pray, Father, if you can, if it is in your power, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's how we all have to approach prayer is, God, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't have the answers. But, Lord, all I can say is your will be done because you do not ever make a mistake. Amen. God loves you today. Somebody needs to hear these words in the worst sort of way. That's grace. On that first Easter, they had targets on their backs too. They were guilty by association with him. He had been a radical rabbi who exposed the hypocrisy of the religious leaders and stood against all the injustices that brought along uh, their practices of religion. The rich would get richer and the poor were being victimized and a whole lot of people were falling through the cracks. You know, it's necessary for all of us as people of faith to stand together in solidarity with a love for justice and mercy. Can you say amen? I'm going to wind this up real quick, I promise you. I'm on my last page of notes. Now, that doesn't always mean much, but I think today it does. Of course, you could help me preach a little bit. It could go a little bit more. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else want to say amen? How about oh me? All right. How many of you know that if we don't stand for something, we will end up falling for just about anything? Do you know that? Amen. There comes a time that we as the people of God have to stand up and say, I will be on the side of justice, integrity, and hope for all people. Amen. The world is filled with seekers. Seekers not any different from the two disciples that we read about today, or you or me. People seeking comfort in the midst of tribulation. People looking for hope when surrounded by despair. This is grace reimagined and received in a brand new way, even though we've received it time after time. God's grace is always sufficient. And somebody said, when God's grace is all you've got left, that's really all you need. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. I think I could almost shout on that. Amen. As the old country preacher said, I felt that that time. I felt something when I said that. Amen. And it wasn't Miss D poking me with her arm either. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all having fun yet? How many would rather be here than the jailhouse in Blountville? Amen. 
May this congregation, Shades of Grace, forever swing the doors open wide to receive all of those who have lost their way and give them a renewed reason for living. Amen? That has to be church. I said when I began Shades of Grace nine years ago, if it cannot be open to everybody, I don't want it to be open to anybody. That's how seriously I believe that. Amen. Give God praise. God loves us all, and he cares for us. We're here to reach out, to embrace the last, least, lost and lonely of our city and our world. We're here to receive the prodigal sons and daughters who've lost their identity. The world has put labels upon people. The world has caused division, and often the church is guilty of doing that as well, of causing discrimination and separation and dividing the people of faith and the family of God. So we are here today to offer God's unconditional love to all people, regardless to their race, creed, religion, sexual identity, social or economic standing, or any other status that would seek to define who they are or separate them from the family of God. Amen. Can the church say amen? Landon, let's sing that last verse of that song, and I want you to listen to these words today. Again will I look for a fake rainbow's end. Now that I have the answer, my life's just starting to run. Sharing each new. hour of life. Jesus loves you as we continue this journey through the Easter season. Bow your heads with me, please. Gracious and almighty God, you have hurting children here today. You have prodigal sons and daughters who've lost their way in life, not only here, but maybe in the virtual congregation, maybe by the dozens or even the hundreds of people who need to hear this message today. And Almighty God, let this be the words that will echo over and over in their hearts and in our minds that, oh God, we are here because of your grace. We're here because of your mercy. We're here because of your unconditional love. And we're here because you offer new beginnings. Have mercy upon us today. Forgive us of our sins, for, Lord, every one of us has sinned and fallen short of your glory. But we thank you that you love us anyway, right where we are. Help us to draw near to you, O God, and you will draw near to us. And as Steve often prays, let all the foolishness just fall to the wayside and let all of the stuff that's holding us back and hanging on to us just cling to us no more. And help us to be free in the name of Jesus Christ and to hear his voice say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful one. 
In the name of Christ, we pray. Would everybody say amen? Sing that chorus one more time as we conclude our service. He was there all the time. He was there all the time. Waiting patiently in line. He was there. may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ go ahead of you, go with you, go behind you, and surround you, even as my phone is ringing today. Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace.